Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. This is Pacers After Dark uh, coming at you after the 111-107 defeat to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, joined by my co-host, Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you doing today? Tonight, yeah, I too bad. It is tonight. It is. It's yeah, I have uh, after dark. <laughs> it is after dark. Uh, I have one quick question for you right off the bat that I just realized won't even make sense for you, but to people listening, it will. Uh, did okay. you know, Tom, that uh, Hulu doesn't just have live sports? It's lifestyle. That uh, that commercial came on like 15 times during the game tonight. I swear to God, it was. Uh, <laughs> I I love Damian Lillard. I was ready to mute the TV multiple times. Um, that's how I felt. <laughs> but uh, I guess the first thing I would ask you, what did you think about the uh, the final inbounds play? Uh, Caitlin pointed this out on Twitter, and I was thinking about it as well. Um, they had no one pressing on the inbounds play other than Sabonis. Uh, did you think it was just kind of a mix-up from uh, just, you know, it's, it's late game? I definitely so, thought – I felt like, it was like they had cashed it in. I don't, I don't know. It was weird. I, it was weird. They were they yeah, were like it, in a half court weird. trap. Yeah. I didn't. I have. I had no idea. And I would. Think. That was one of about I don't know three or four plays there that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, you know, on the broadcast. You know, on on the on a replay because um, I was at at the game and you know from our vantage point, it's hard to see some of the details. Let alone, you know, get that replay to uh, right away to see what was going on. But yeah, there were there were uh, a few oddities down the stretch, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to looking at some of those details. What what did you guys see? Well, I mean, yeah, from the uh, from from our vantage point, it, it literally looks like Domas is the only one who has any inkling of going to pressure. Everyone backs off immediately, and it looks like they're going into a half court trap almost. Um, I've, I've probably watched it through six or seven times now. I want to go – I mean, I'll go back through again more um, without just, like, the single clip. But it really looks like they weren't planning to, to pressure the inbounder. Um, I mean, to, to pressure the inbound play. So it was, uh, regardless, a, a very weird way for the game to end. Um, ultimately, they probably would not have uh, been able to score four points in, you know, one and a half seconds. But um, – Yeah, yeah. Again, just uh, – Weird the way. Yeah, I mean, to, from where I was, I mean, it was like, ah, this is over, you know. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> I I didn't think they were going to be able to get a, enough of a foul in there. So I don't know, I don't know what they were thinking. But um, yeah, that was probably not where the game was lost, but it was just another one of those things. But like I say, it was like those little things in, in every game add up. That was probably a the smallest of things, um, but but all those little little details uh, tend to add up in a close game like this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I guess okay. So next thing I, w- I would want to bring up: How did you just feel about the game overall? Uh, obviously, Pacers lose fifteen and fifteen now. Um, what's kind of your immediate takeaway and reaction to it? 
Well, I felt like they played good enough defense. I think, you know, they wanted someone other than Steph to beat them. Um, And, you know, they they got him on a night where um, I know early in the game, I saw him give a little cheap shove to um, Justin Holliday. I was like, okay, they're they're doing the job here. Um, Get, you know, bugging them enough and and, uh, making them work. And, um, you know, he definitely was... I don't know. I know at one point it's one for ten. Probably finished about one for twelve for three. Um, and they were obviously, like I said, trying to make someone else beat them. Now the the Warriors adjusted and were able to do that. Um, but offensively was really frustrating uh, for the Pacers. Again, um, you know, we come down to these these options, and it just seems like when they come down needing a score. I just don't have confidence in what's going to happen, um, you know. Um, and and the Warriors kind of were in the second half in particular. Um, you know, they were trying to make sure anybody but Domas beat them, which was a little easier, <laughs> obviously, than uh, tracking down Steph. But, um, you know, and, and he, was, he was trying to, you know, make the right reads and, and get the ball to the right guys. But there's just – you know, when the when they're playing at this point and you know, McConnell's playing huge big, you know, key minutes uh as point guard and, and Brogdon's playing off the ball and, and that's that's their you know, Brogdon and Sabonis end up being their go to guys. Um, I, I just feel like they're the books out on what's going on and they're defendable and, and it's a struggle to to get points. Yeah, no, I think that's a totally good way to put it. And just to add to that, you know, I I think the Pacers definitely could have won this game tonight. But like you mentioned, I thought, I mean, the defense was pretty good other than, um, I mean, what we've gotten used to. They're pressuring, and to, to their credit, they doubled Steph Curry really well tonight. But again, yeah, you're yeah. doubling Steph Curry. Um, and they have the right guys out there. I mean, other, even when Wiseman was out there, they were able to really swing the ball still. Um, but they just they get enough of an advantage off the initial um, penetration, and then um, they they they're able to just tilt the defense, and everyone's uh, scrambling and trying to get to the closeouts. Yep. And they're eventually by the second or third swing that it's there's an open lane to the rim. And and I mean again, I think Caitlin pointed out they scored over sixty points in the paint tonight against the Pacers, which is. Uh, I was just gonna say I, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing how many, you know even just shots in the paint they had little um, points because, you know, it just seemed like someone was diving in there with the ball all night. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know necessarily how to put it. Like I'm going to do a film thread in the morning. I think I'm, I've been doing that recently. I'm going to start, keep doing that, you know, every morning after a game, I'll, I'll, you know, pull some film of stuff that stood out to me. But one thing that I'm planning on clipping in the third quarter, I believe, um, I mean, there were just like two plays back to back showing why you like where and when to actually apply the ball pressure. Like there was one where they had Miles was out pressuring Draymond Green um, at the top of the arc. He didn't even have the ball. And then there was a wide open lane to the rim. And then there was another um, where they pressured Seth and it worked. It was like, okay, you know, there's there's different ways to go about it. And that, that continues to be a little bit of a theme. But uh, my overarching takeaway, like I'm like, I'm trying to get down to, like you mentioned, um, I think like we saw on offense tonight, they're just, they, to, to Golden State's credit, they played the, the Doug McDermott Sabonis two-man game so well. 
Um, yeah. They were not getting any traction on that. And it was a little bit frustrating. You know, I mean, there were a lot of I, I try, I've been trying my best to not be on Twitter a ton during games just so I can stay more focused. And also <laughs> because that way I don't, you know, get caught up in what other people are uh, putting out. Um, like I, I in going on after the game ended, there are a lot of uh, um, a lot of overreactions to the game. Like, obviously, it's not great, but I think it just shows tonight not to just say blanket statement oh they're missing Karis Levert and TJ Warren again I do think there were ways that they could have won this game but you're seeing when you only have one guy who can penetrate and get to the rim and actually score there in yeah. Malcolm like and even he couldn't get it going tonight because they were collapsing the lane so well on him um it felt like he only got to the basket once or twice in the fourth quarter um it, it just makes it really tough and they played Domas so well like you're mentioning like Eric Paschal um to his credit oh, yeah. really good as, as a, as a post defender, he was Doubt. able to keep Domas out. Um, and they were bringing help at, at opportune times. Um, I even think Domas played a bad game. You're just asking a lot out of him. If he's going to be getting doubled like that and swarmed, um, they, they just couldn't get anybody else to get it going. And I, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, with Brogdon, he, it was a, it, I felt like a kind of a strange game. He ended up with, I guess, decent numbers, but, um, I felt like there were times where he was kind of invisible on out, out there, um, maybe because they had McConnell handling the ball more. Um, but yeah, he he was he was, you know, I felt like always hunting to try and get something going, and and it it just wasn't there. But um, uh, to your point about Pascal, you know, I I think back of uh, about OG and Anobu and. Yep. And those little undersized guys who were really strong and stout to get <laughs> they didn't get under Domas's pin, and and it's kind of it's kind of a similar result tonight. Um, and you know he ended up being being vital there for the Warriors in, in the way they were able to, um, you know, handle Domas, and and you know they were junking up that any time they were trying to pick and roll with them, and and. Um, keeping them away from getting into his, his little sweet spots. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, the Warriors definitely get some credit there for the way they had to adjust and, and find a way to win when, when they didn't have, you know, Steph getting 35 tonight. So, um, yeah, they, I agree. It, it's, it, it is hard to just not, I mean, we're talking about lack of firepower. It's the obvious thing, but these games are there to be, you know, you know, there's a way they can win them now. Their margin for error is light, but, um, you know, they, they have to keep their head above water here to, to, um, in, in a game like this, when you look at the schedule coming up here, which is going to be brutal. Um, yeah, you know, they have to find ways to kind of win. Otherwise they're going to, you know, the slide could be quick. Um, and it won't matter who's coming back later in the season. Um, at some point, um, you know, I mean, the good, the good, I, I guess, scenario is that that things are so jumbled that, you know, one bad week doesn't kill you because you know one good week can get you right back in the <laughs> in the upper echelon there. So, um, but you know, they they gotta get find a way to, to win some of these close games here and not make. Yeah, you know, everything seems to be just such a battle, no matter who they're playing, whether it's Minnesota or, or Golden State, or you know. And I know they got Boston coming up 
and they're struggling. They, they don't want to hear any, <laughs> any of the Pacers problems right now, uh, but they're not a good matchup either. So um, it's, it's um, uh, getting to that time where it's like, wow, we can, you know, the, the days are getting longer. The season isn't going to be <laughs> going on forever here. It's uh, uh, time to figure out what, what this team's going to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have a couple of things off that. I mean, number one, I think, like you're mentioning, the margin for error. Um, like, again, it's, it's reductive for me to just say, oh, you know, they didn't have Karis or TJ, but it's just it's one of the nights where you see it. But like you're mentioning margin for error, um, I mean, in a night when you hold Steph Curry one of 11 from three, uh, you have to be able to capitalize on that. And the Pacers just – they missed everything tonight. It was 7 of 29 from three. Yeah. Warriors were 5 of 26 from three. You, you get to the free throw line an equal amount as them, like the, just with how the Pacers go, that never happens. So that was yeah. like, again, that, that's another thing you have to take control of. Um, Tony East pointed this out as well on Twitter, uh, and it was a great point. The bench was not able – I think they only outscored the Golden State bench by three points um, in that run when Steph Curry was sitting. So you, you have to be able to take more advantage of that, and they were never able to. Um, so again, that's just what it ends up coming down to with this team. Uh, before we get into the schedule, because I do want to talk about the schedule in the second segment, um, I want to ask you, what did you think? Like, I was really surprised and also kind of excited. We saw Ed and Goga get in early at the yeah. end of the fourth qu- first quarter, I should say. Um, and then neither of them played again. Um, Ed Ed opened up the, the second quarter and then he never came back in. Um, and he looked good out there in the th- three and a half minutes he played. Uh, what do you, what do you think about that? Cause I personally, like, I, I don't like, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll hear what you have to say first before I go. Well, um, I was, I guess not surprised to see him just because, you know, when they played the Warriors without Vic um, last time, he, he seemed to make a pretty good contribution actually started that game. I was before Jeremy was back, I believe, but, Yep. Uh, regardless, um, I actually asked Roker about that before the game. If you know, maybe this was a game, uh, Ed Sumner, Jakar Sampson type game because of the matchup situation. And you know, I don't get much of an answer from Bjorkman. Yeah. <laughs> Platitude. So, um, but you know, he obviously said it was possible. So um, he he actually talked about it after the game as well. Um, but said, you know, that he didn't do anything wrong, that he didn't get him in the game. It was just how it was. But um, I, I, I do kind of feel like this would have been a game where Sumner could have helped out. And with their, their wings, you know, you got Ubre and, and Wiggins are guys that, are, um, you know, Sumner's a great matchup with, and you can make them work because he's so active and getting up and down the floor. Um, and it just didn't happen then. Uh, I think that stretch you're talking about earlier, um, what, that bench stretch when, when Steph was out, you're, you, I, you're spot on saying that was you know, maybe as critical a point of the game as it was because they were able to keep Steph on the bench um, you know, a little longer maybe than they wanted to. Um, and the Pacers just weren't able to take advantage of it. And, and you know, I don't know who we could have flipped around in there, but you know maybe Sumner could have got in there um, and and generated something with with that group. Um, but alas, we will never know. But I um, 
I, I, I thought he would be a little bigger, uh, play a little bigger role in this one, just because of, of that, that team and the, and the matchup. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I felt very similarly. And I personally, like, again, not to sound reductive, but I, I just don't understand playing somebody three minutes and then not giving them a second run. I don't really think you can get, unless somebody's catastrophic in their minutes. Um, I don't understand giving a guy th- a, a three minute burst and then saying, okay, you're not going back in the game. Um, I mean, there were definitely minutes that he could have played. So it's a little bit vexing. Maybe he's a plus six against single game plus minuses, whatever, but he had that beautiful mm-hmm. cut that opened up for, for TJ um, off of uh, TJ got to the rim. Uh, Ed had that awesome cut off the right wing um, right from where I was looking um, and easy easy layup at the rim and he's done that every time that he, it feels like every time that he's played in the small burst he has one of those um so i i don't know i i i can't really hammer it home anymore but i i agree um <laughs> i get all right so next thing that we'll talk about too because uh keelan martin didn't play tonight obviously he, he right. rarely, rarely plays but he his deal is fully guaranteed now um because the pacers did not cut him at five today so keelan martin is going to be with the team his deal is guaranteed through next year um so that is something of note uh, that means that good they, for keelan. yeah definitely good for keelan um i still hope i still think that there's something there and that he should maybe get an opportunity uh at some point this season but uh i don't i mean if, if ed's not getting a, an opportunity I, I i strongly doubt that keelan's getting an opportunity at any time um but that would just be my assumption on that yeah but i mean and also you know, it's not like they're not going to guarantee him and maybe release him. Oh yeah, no, or, I agree. And release him and get get a, a you know someone else in there um, at that at that rate. I think um, you know they're a little more trying to look a little further down the road with him and, and hoping they can develop into something of a of a role player at some point. But um, and I do think you know we're almost at that point. But <laughs> um, if if there's uh, you know, issues in a game or injuries or, you know, foul trouble, whatever. I, I feel like, you know, they'd be more than comfortable getting them in there for some run and knowing that he knows what to do. So, yeah, when we see him, usually it's in garbage time and, and you're playing a different game in garbage time. I think if he was playing in some real uh, minutes, you know, with more of the regular rotation guys and, you know, I, I feel like he'd be able to, hold his own in there and, and um, hold things down um, if, if given the opportunity. So, and that's, you know, I think uh, Bjork mentioned after game, you know, that he, he loves the way he works and, and trusts him and all that. So, um, so good for him to, to like up that bag, as the kids say. <laughs> I will let you know, I almost never say that. I guess I'm not a kid, but, you know, I, uh, that's not come. in my lexicon, Tom. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, one last thing I do want to hit too. What did you think of Miles' game tonight? I thought defensively he was fantastic. Um, made some really great plays around the rim. Obviously had some awesome alterations. He finished with only two blocks, and that seems wrong. It like I don't know about you. It felt like he finished with four or five. Um, but I thought he was fantastic tonight defensively. Obviously he missed. He only went one of five from three tonight, but he was taking them. He looked confident and missed a couple easy ones around the rim, but uh, got to the free throw line a couple times five times to be exact but um what do you think of miles's game tonight yeah i, I think 
you know, defensively, he was he was that active guy in there. Um, obviously, he didn't get a ton of rebounds going his way, but I know the one block he had, which was really clean, and the Warriors were trying to get a gold pin out of it. And, yeah, that uh, was a beautiful it block. It was like, are you kidding me? It was Actually, close. okay, so I think they – I don't think they gave him that block because Steph ended up getting free throws on uh, – Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. they didn't call a goaltend, but yeah, so yeah, Miles yeah. didn't get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. that was like one of the uh, best blocks he's had this year. So I was unfortunate, but yeah, he got that thing at at the top. Yeah, but um, yeah. So there you go. That I mean, that's a good kind of play because they kept showing the replay, and it was such a nice swap. And then you're right. Yeah, there was the, the block on the back end of that or the foul. Um, so, yeah, offensively, there were a couple of times I felt like he was a little out of sync. A couple of, I, I don't know why it sticks out in my mind, and, and it's going to sound like I'm crushing, but there was definitely a, a one play at where um, he got the ball flipped back to him. I think one of the holidays was going through the lane and flipped it back to him in the lane. And it was like he was like almost stunned to get the ball. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, and now I better shoot it. And yeah, it was just. Not, not ready to go. And I was like, "Come on, you got to, got to, be ready to attack at all times here." But um, that that one play, of course, sticks out, and it's not indicative of the whole game that Miles played. But um, those are those are, you know, I think in his role in the offense, I think that that's not hard to imagine that happening because you know it's easy to say you got to be ready every every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, down the floor and expect them to shoot and score every time, but when it's repetitively not happening, <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, I'm sure you can get caught off guard. So, no, that's uh, a really but, great point. I've I've actually felt kind of similarly over the last uh, couple of weeks. Like, um, it's not bad. It's definitely way better than it was last year. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think his he could have his hands ready a little bit more. I mean, again, part of that's yeah, that's uh, it's not obviously the easiest thing but i think that that's something that's kind of the next step for him as a shooter i feel like um because especially like a team like golden state that's small and pretty switchy um that's why i felt like he went one of five from three tonight like he's his looks are a lot more contested when guys are able to switch on him um i feel like i i I would like to pull numbers and see if i can do something more on that but it feels like he's a lot better uh, at least more comfortable from three um, when the teams aren't switching on him, or at least it's not, you know, switching like Draymond onto him or anything like that. But um, right. that definitely makes a difference in how he takes his looks too. Um, all right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to talk about the uh, the schedule. Welcome back, Pacers fans. So actually, Tom, I but before I even close out, did you have anything else you want to add on the game tonight before we talk about the schedule? Uh, no, I think, I think we hit it. Uh, you know, just down the stretch, as I mentioned at the top, um, it just felt like the struggle to make game-winning plays um, is, is suddenly just a bugaboo with this team. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that they can find some way to, to work their way out of it um, because it, it, it's just frustrating to, to not have that confidence in who's going to rise up and, and carry it here. Um, and, and how are they going to rise up more, more so, I think, how, how are they going to get, get these, uh, open looks? And, um, uh, so, you know, yeah, got to appreciate the defense and, you know, other than, you know, the, 
real quick back on the um, closeout defense, though definitely was probably the signature bad big man closeout early in the game on Wiggins, maybe it's first or second possession, um, where he was out at the three-point line and was it Miles or, or Domas now? I can't I remember which one it was, but Wiggins got but, a dunk, but, didn't he? Yeah, it was just yeah, like – was ugly. Was chased after him, and then he went in for, for the trap rim, and that was just that. But I don't think it's going to get any worse than that. <laughs> um, so that that's our uh, signature closeout. Oof, what are you doing? Defensive play, but other than yeah, you know, overall the the defense was was uh, was solid. So um, yeah, I guess that's all I got for you on this game. Ready to move on. On to the next one. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of the next one, we have all the next ones now. Um, <laughs> yes. What was okay? So looking at at March, oh. uh, March oh. is a gauntlet. Um, oh. I counted up the Pacers. So the the team records, if you add them all together, just all the teams in March, uh, two hundred twenty five wins to two hundred eleven losses, and that's weighed down by Washington um, and Detroit, who have like two of the uh, three worst records in the league. So uh, they were playing some really damn good competition. I mean, you go Los Angeles, uh, so Lakers, Lakers, Phoenix, Denver, uh, Brooklyn, and then Miami twice in, I think, eight or nine days. And then you play Milwaukee. <laughs> um, luckily, I mean, there's no Western Conference road trip in this, I don't think. Oh, wait, no, I'm looking at it wrong. What, there is oh, a Western right Conference road trip. What I'm talking about. Yeah, right out the yeah. gate. What am I? Never mind. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, then there's another one but, but in April. The, the but, best yeah. part is that Western Conference road trip. That's our last Pacific time zone game, and it's on a Friday. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I mean, no, the Lakers, cool, at, <laughs> Lakers at 10.30 p.m. on a Friday. Oh, my God. Um, Phoenix at 10. Yeah. So what – I guess I'll ask, what's what's your initial reaction to the schedule? Because it is uh, it is going to be very telling uh, in March where this team is going to be at to end the year. Oh, oh it's brutal. Um, and, you know, when, when the – uh, schedule was initially released right at three. They didn't have the postponed games in there. And then when they added those, which ended up creating some more back-to-backs, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is just brutal. So, um, obviously, with the NCAA tournament here and the, and the uh, um, high school state championships, you know the the, the field house is not as available as normal, so you know they only have four uh, games in March at home, one before the break, and then you know they're, they're playing every Wednesday after that um, when they can get into the field house. Um, other than that, they're going to be on the road, so uh, it, it, it's going to be a challenge, I think. It, it just adds to the many challenges <laughs> of this of this season, um, dealing with you know postponements and all that. And now, um, not only are they adding, you know, trying to jumble jumble the schedule, they add those games in that they missed. But now, you know, before the season started, we didn't know the whole NCAA tournament was going to be an Indy for three weeks, and so now they're juggling around that, and um, you know. 
on some of them, I'm starting to feel sorry for bureaucrats. <laughs> these issues. I mean, they just keep throwing stuff at them because um, it, it, it's just like at some point, you guys say, this is just not out of you. You know, I mean, all these all these things are, are lined up that um, uh, get in the way of, of trying to get any kind of momentum and, and consistent play with these this team. So, um, again, like I was mentioning earlier, you know, you have a game like this with these winnable games when you lose them, and then you look down the road at, at um, games that are going to be challenging. And, and um, man, it, they're going to have to come together and, and get something going, and hopefully the guys they do have right now will stay healthy and, and they can get some kind of rhythm amongst themselves to uh, – to uh, get some W's here. Yeah, definitely. I, I think my what I was what I thought of when I immediately saw it was uh, obviously we have no idea. I mean, Karis is participating in non-contact parts of practice right now, um, but that I mean we really don't have a timetable on his return. Same thing no. with TJ. TJ is not even. I mean, he's not participating in practice right now, um, so it seems like he's farther out than Karis is. Uh, just looking at everything right now, I mean, I guess like the whole idea of the season since the Old Depot trade has been um, what, okay, this team just kind of keeps their head above water and um, get buys their time until Karis and TJ come back. Um, now with March, I think like I, if this team comes out above 500 by the end of March, would you be, would you say that that is a surprise? Uh, yes, honestly. that's kind of how I feel as well. Just given I, where the team is, if you right gave now. me 500 right now, I'd say book it, let's go. Yeah, um, you know, I, I mean, it's just, I mean, think about the way they've been playing the last, you know, two or three weeks. Um, just trying to, to hold, hold serve and, and stay above, you know, they've been a little streaky, but, um, you know, going into this, this the strength of the, the schedule that they have coming up uh, is not going to be easy. And I'm getting, you know, I, I feel m- more pessimistic about TJ Warren even coming back at all yeah. um, this year. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, you say, oh, maybe he'll be ready for the playoffs. Well, if he comes back at the playoffs, he's not going to be ready to really contribute. Yeah. I mean, that you know, that's going to be tough coming, coming off an injury and, and trying to get up to speed for playoff basketball. So, you know, at that point, it, it, I wouldn't turn him down, don't get me wrong, but um, as far as impact and, and trying to get there and, and get the team going at the level we kind of hoped they could if everybody was healthy, um, and just feeling, feeling a little more pessimistic about that outlook at this point, too. So, man, it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I mean, I definitely can't disagree with that. Paces are now 9-11 and 11, uh, since the Victor Oladipo trade. So I agree. I mean, they're playing right around 500 level. The schedule has been tough, but it hasn't been the toughest. Um, right, exactly. So that's, I mean, again, I mean, I think some people will look at what we're saying. They're saying, well, I, I don't know. Maybe they're going to think we're, we're being too pessimistic, but I think that's just being realistic. Um, yeah. I mean, part, part of the thing that helps right now, I mean, even with tonight's loss, Toronto lost yesterday. They don't play today. Um, or no, Boston. I mean, not Boston. Uh, Toronto does play today, and they lost today. Boston got 
smothered today. So yeah. <laughs> Pacers are still in the four seed. <laughs> exactly. um, even, even at 15 and 15. They want to hear the these problems seat. in Indy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. I mean, I guess that's the silver lining. But again, like that, that comes up to the, the Raptors have been uh, playing incredibly well uh, over the last month. So they will probably pass Pacers sometime in, uh, in the coming weeks, I would bet, um, just based on where the teams are at. I mean, things could change around quickly, but uh, just given the nature of the season. But ultimately, I think a lot of it is just um, – I don't want to say waiting for Karis and TJ to come back. Well, yeah, like you're mentioning, and even with, with TJ, we're not – it seems unclear whether or not he will even be back this year. Um, and I yeah. get wanting to be careful with that too because um, it's the kind of injury – if it's not fully healed, then it's you're, – you're asking to re-injure it and make it even worse. So, um, I don't know. I'm not really entirely sure what to feel about where the team is going this, this year, but – um, how does that change up your expectations for the team? Cause I, I don't remember. Well, I think when we did our like team expectations, we both said, you know, um, fighting for second round of the playoffs, you know? Um, but I was yeah. answering some questions for a mailbag podcast, uh, this morning and gosh, that feels like it was yesterday. Um, but yeah, so in talking about it this morning, I was like, uh, I mean, I think my, my ideal playoffs right now, if the team makes it six or seven games in the first round. I mean, I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm looking at how the team is playing. And even if you are able to reintegrate both guys, um, I mean, maybe it changes based on how that goes. But again, like you're mentioning, like time crunch is real. Like it's going to be March in a week. Yeah. TJ is not practicing. Um, and then the playoffs are in May. Like it's not it, – it's going to have, I mean, I mean, end of, end of May, but re- regardless, I mean, that's not a lot of time to, to get prepared to get back into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I think the expectations of, you know, from the start of the season have definitely taken a, uh, a blow. Um, you know, first with TJ going down and then, you know, and then the trade, um, which you would, you would do again and again. Um, but, you know, the minute you heard the situation of the trade, I mean, it's like, you know, we, we didn't know what the prognosis was and all of that. Um, and I, I, it seems like, well, it wasn't the best prognosis that could possibly be because you ended up having to have some surgery and, and yeah. recovery time. But um, regardless, you know, it was going to be a setback just because you're not, you're going to have that hole. Uh, in the lineup when you're, you know, you're not having Vic who was contributing at the time uh, for some period of time. And now it's, you know, a little longer than, than, um, than you would have thought. So uh, now, yeah, it's like if they get to the playoffs and lose in the first round, it's almost, you know, okay. People, some people will play up, same old Pacers, same old Pacers, but it's like, you know, if you want to be realistic and look at the situation um, right now, making the playoffs is going to be a, a, a good season for this team, I think. Um, and also, you know, when you want to get past the second round, it helps to be in the top four. And this <laughs> yeah. team is somehow there right now. <laughs> um, but like you say, I mean, uh, Toronto's – on the move and you got to figure Boston at some point is going to figure some things out. And um, so 
there's plenty of shuffling to do, but uh, at this point, the pitchers are going to have to do some own their own. You know, they're going to have to get something coming out of nowhere within that roster and with what they're doing right now, or um, you know, just just getting in position to be in the playoffs is going to be a struggle. Sounds like a great opportunity to play Edmund Sumner 10 or 15 minutes a game, but uh, we'll see on that one. Um, free Ed. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's not even free Ed. It's just like, why are we playing an eight man rotation? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know, Tom. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's, uh, uh, man, I was, I was so full of hope as soon as I saw Ed and Goga go in with three minutes left in the person. Like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. They're going to get minutes and, and nope. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, want, it's a, I wanted some Jakar minutes just because. Oh yeah, even Jakar, like of the of the energy and also yes. like he could just muck it up and wouldn't get, care about mucking it up with Draymond for a little bit. You know, I mean, like, you might get a T or get Draymond tossed. Who knows? Well, yeah, yeah, and like like you're mentioning with energy, I think that's so important. Like, do does do, should Jakar Sampson play 20 minutes a night? No, definitely not. Right. But there's like, uh, I mean, like we've talked about, I'm not even going to try and say it because I'll butcher the saying again because I always mess up the math thing. <laughs> um, but uh, I know Rhett's going to hit me up on my DMs tomorrow and tell me what it is again because I forgot. But uh, shout out Rhett Bauer. But, you know, there's there just is something positive to having Jakar Sampson play eight to ten minutes. You know, we've we saw it last year, especially in in, in leading up to the bubble. Like when he gets minutes and he gets an opportunity, he does things that are positive on the court and it shows throughout the minutes that he plays. I mean, he's no, always a significant plus on the court. He can't space the floor for shit, but he can defend his ass off. He's going to give you everything and he can rebound. Like, I think that there's just something to that. He, he provides something that is missing when things get late in the game, when the team is really uh, kind of bogging down a little bit. And I just think that the, I, I don't know. I really hope that 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 yeah. aspect of Nate's coaching grows because I do think that um, there's there there's definitely some opportunity to get some more looks for guys further down the bench um, throughout games. And it's not like I think he's not thinking about it, but I mean you, he's just super competitive. He wants to win, and I don't think he's trying to like detriment the guys. But you know, it's just when you're like thinking about it, like yeah, I want I want Miles Turner to be out there. I want. Justin Holiday to be out there. I want Malcolm Brogdon to be out there, but uh, finding that balance is going to be really key for him moving forward. I think. Um, uh, I I don't think I had any. Okay, actually, I did. I did have one more question that I wanted to ask you, and this is a little bit off the cuff, so apologies on that. But this was sort of uh, from the, the mailbag pot as well. It was something I was I, I've been thinking on outside of this too, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I don't think you know, just given the fact that. Um, Vic already got traded this year. You don't like, do you think this team would make another move this year? Cause my read is that the front office mm. would, has no interest in making another move this year, or at least I don't think they would, but that's just my opinion, but I, I could be completely wrong on that. But, uh, like, I, I, I don't know. Cause I mean, just based on everything KP has said, they really want to see what this group together can do in the playoffs, but also just from what we know about KP in the front office and how willing they are to make moves. Um, I suppose it's possible, but I don't know. Just, yeah. I, I think just given how the season has gone and, and how things are, I, I'm not sure. Cause I do think that it, it really brings into question. I mean, miles and Domas are both having the best seasons of their career. Um, but I think the more that I watch them play, the less sure I am about what they'll look like at a higher level. And again, you know, we're not going to know until the playoffs, 
Um, but I, I, I don't know. What's, what's your read on that? Ah, you're getting there. You're, you're, you're almost coming to the Miles Nomos question. But <laughs> I, uh, you know, this is a great question um, to bring up at this point because, yeah, it's like they're just trying to hold the foot down and get everybody together. But in reality, I, I guarantee you, they wouldn't be opposed to making a deal if someone came to them for miles. And I, you know, what, what's the offer, right? Yeah. Um, and if, if it's a good, a good offer, that's going to make the patient better in the future. Um, I guarantee you they would, they would do it. And now that would obviously shock us all. Um, but you know, they're about, you know, this team's not in position right now to say, we got everything we need. We just got to get healthy and we're ready to, you know, compete for championships going forward. Cause they have to all healthy. And, you know, I, I feel like, um, they have enough talent if they, everybody was healthy to do like a Utah and have enough guys uh, and enough depth. Um, but for one thing, they can't get healthy. <laughs> um, and, and it's not happening this year. So, um, you know, would, would they, potentially try to alter what they're going to be doing with the eye towards next year. Um, I, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if it happened. It would be surprising and it'd be, whoa, where did that come from at this point? Because uh, I think with what they have right now, you know, um, it would have to be a deal that, that would be, you know, kind of the way they were able to unload uh Victor, knowing that he wasn't going to come back, you know, they jump in, they jump in on that, that deal where it wasn't like it was a one for one, you know, they got great value coming back and, and had to do it. So, um, but things are going to get interesting that, you know, these, these teams, especially those, those teams at the top right now, um, are, you know, certainly probably going to get into an arms race <laughs> on some level. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, again, we look at the schedule and the way March is going to be. We're, we're going to know in a hurry here how, how things are setting up for the rest of the year, I think, um, before, at least before the deadline. And um, so, yeah, maybe maybe uh, that's, that's uh, definitely not out of the realm of possibility to see another move. But uh, but I would say it would be surprising because, um, be, you know, I do think in general they like all the pieces they have right now. Um and or you know willing to play with it but um you never know other teams are getting desperate and they're, and they're looking to deal um we, we we can see that we can see that yeah okay cool i i wanted to make sure we're, that we were kind of on the same page there because that's 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 my general impression too um i do think if there's something there they're gonna have to take it um or not that they're gonna have to take it that was the wrong way to put it but i mean like if if there is something there, I think they will look at it. They're not going to turn yeah. anything down. I, yes, exactly. I've seen a lot of uh, people saying, you know, they they would be crazy to make any sort of trade and just wait till you're healthy. But I just think uh, based on how we know things go, um, they're going to be yeah. not active is the wrong way to put it, but they're not going to be indifferent. That's for sure. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. But um, again, I mean, paces are 15 and 15. They're still fourth in the East, uh, but that could change in a hurry. They played uh, – New York on Friday, and then they, I mean they play Boston on Friday, and then New York on 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 Saturday. So, 
Um, both teams could, if I mean, if things shake out poorly by then, <laughs> they could be passed by either one of those teams. Uh, so Good. we'll we'll see what happens with that. Knicks are uh, one and one against the Pacers right now, and Boston's one and one with the Pacers as well. So uh, real opportunity um, for some tight games here. And I'm, I mean, every game has been tight. It seems like you were mentioning. It seems earlier. like it. Yep. But uh, we'll see. Um, Tom, do you have anything else you want to add before we close out? Uh, no, just keeping hope alive. And, and like you say, these games are close and, and I, you know, I'm still enjoying watching this team play in battle and hoping they can, uh, start getting some, some dubs in some of these key games and, and, uh, uh, change the narrative a little bit with, with us because <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's, uh, been challenging when, when they're not playing and, and getting those wins. Um, you know, playing hard is great, but you know, as I always say, JWD, just win, baby. Got to yep. win, baby. You just got to win. So, uh, <laughs> what so what podcast would that. it be if you don't slide that in there? You know, I know. I was hoping to say it at the top, but, but you know, they didn't win. Just almost win, baby. You know, you just uh, yeah, almost, yeah, I didn't shit. yeah. I know it's, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't flow off the tongue the same way. All right, Tom. Well, this was fun. We'll uh, we'll definitely be back in action on uh, on Friday night. Pacers after dark after the Celtics game. To everyone listening, of course, go follow all of our work over at Indie Cornrows. Caitlin's been putting some stuff out that has been really great. I will probably be writing something up pretty soon. I have a couple ideas of uh, some longer things I want to work on. Um, and Tom always has some stuff coming out as well. Uh, we will have more pods coming out. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, just have a good rest of your day. Go Pacers. Thank you for listening. Try and remain semi-hopeful. It's uh, just one game. It's a, it's, a, it's a season. It's an awkward season for every team. But uh, we'll see how things shake out. Have a good rest of your day.